Welcome to episode two of our new podcast. We're talking to another attorney this time. Delaney Miller is an attorney at Rafi and Associates in Beverly Hills, California. We're going to learn a little bit more about the remote tools he's been using during the COVID-19 pandemic, and hopefully he'll share a few stories with us as well. So let's jump right in. Delaney, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thank you so much, Scott. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I said, as I said in the intro, you're with uh, Rafi and Associates out of Beverly Hills, but uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the area of law you practice in, uh, what you do at Rafi and Associates, and what kind of firm they are. Sure. Um, you know, we're primarily a personal injury litigation firm. We represent plaintiffs who've been injured in uh, truck crashes, slip and fall accidents. Uh, we, we handle wrongful death cases as well. Uh, we also have a smaller employment division where we represent, um, you know, employees who've been discriminated against, wrongfully discharged, et cetera. But uh, I'm, I do all of my work in the personal injury department. Okay. And how long, how long have you been there? Uh, you know, I've been with the firm a, a, a couple of years now. Okay. And before that, you were practicing solo like most uh, attorneys, or did you were you at another firm? Or Yeah, I, I've worked at, at a few different firms uh, in California. Uh, you know, I've, my, my law practice is coming up on this year in November will be 20 years practicing. Okay, uh, well. Started up in Washington, went to Oregon, and I've been in California for the past six years. Okay. And uh, all the, all that time in personal injury or? No, I jumped around a little bit. It took me a while to really uh, find my home in personal injury. I, I started doing personal injury around uh, around 2009, 2010, and it's been the vast majority of my practice since then. And it's all I've done for the past five years. Yeah, well, just out of curiosity, what do you like about it? So many things. I really do. Um, you know, I first and foremost, it's having the opportunity to help people that are in bad situations and, and wouldn't be able to help themselves. Uh, so I, I take great honor in, in doing that. I mean, don't mean to sound corny, but I really do. I, I love it. It's what, believe it or not, we hear that a lot. Yeah. It keeps me going in the morning. Um, I love, I love the strategy and challenge of trial work too. It's, um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's also a lot of fun. You talk about trials. We got to talk about COVID, right? I mean, uh, that's it's been the pandemic has been holding the courts up across the country, really probably around the globe. Uh, what's it been like in in uh, California over the past year? Slow, uh, for certain. Yeah. yeah, it's you know it was um, when everything happened in March last year. Um, you know, our firm was really on the rise as far as we were uh, starting to get cases that we were going to take to trial and get get more verdicts. Um, in fact, I was in trial in March of last year uh, when COVID hit. Oh, man. And we had a uh, our, our trial got declared a mistrial because we were never going to be able to reconvene these jurors uh, together again. So we have to start over. And that's just got pushed yesterday to June of this year. So we're fingers crossed, we're going to be able to do that. But it's been a lot of preparing cases, getting ready, getting right up to that trial date, and then having the, the courts basically tell you it's not going to happen. So trying to stay busy in other ways as much as we can, just uh, reviewing and working up our cases. 
um, you know, doing lots of Zoom depositions and things like that. But as far as getting back into the courtroom, it's not been easy. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, and, and are you doing, I mean, if you're in Beverly Hills, I guess most of your cases are in, in Los Angeles area jurisdictions or? Yeah, I'd say the, the mo we do cases throughout the state, but I'd say 70% of our cases are in Southern California. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you're just waiting like most metropolitan areas are for, you know, for things finally to get back to a place where they can start letting people into a courtroom again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there've been a lot of crazy ideas about how they might start doing trials if things don't change quickly, as far as smaller juries, spreading the juries out throughout the entire courtroom. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, it kind of changes um, the presentation style of, of how we're going to have to do things going forward. Um, but there's so many unknowns. We just got to be ready to adapt. Yeah, I would I, I would imagine, especially um, when you're. Uh, when you're a law firm that, you know, that's hand, that, that focuses on personal injury, that's an area of law where ordinarily, you know, forget about just trial work, but just ordinarily you're going to be uh, meeting with a lot of your clients in the office. It's not like doing contract work or something like that, where you may just be communicating more by email and uh, you never really have to meet your clients uh, in person as often. I shouldn't say never, uh, but you, you know, you wouldn't have as many face-to-face -face meetings. I would imagine with people outside of your office. Am I totally off base on that? Or no, you're you're 100 spot on. Um, in fact, I, I really like to as much as I can meet my clients in their homes and you know and get to know them on more of a personal level, especially if we're going to be taking their case to trial. But none of that has happened in the past year. So what does that do? I mean, and of course, all I mean, uh, you know, the trials that you were, you know, the cases that you were working on, you know, pre-COVID, of course, have all been on hold. But what has that done as far as far as just onboarding new cases? Do you do you do you say, OK, we're just not taking any new cases until we can, you know, until we can figure out what our backlog of trial work is going to be like? Or do you start doing Zoom conferences for, you know, consulting with potential new clients or how does that we're constantly filing new cases and getting new clients, um, you know, and just everything's done by Zoom now. Uh, our meetings with our clients are 90% done by Zoom. Um, but I, I can't say there's been any slowdown in the number of cases we're filing. Um, so there's just going to be a backlog. And in the not too distant future, there's going to be a real reckoning in the courts as far as figuring out how to try these cases. Do you think there? Do you think there's going to be any motivation just because it's affecting all attorneys? I would imagine. Do you think there's going to be any motivation to settle more aggressively, at least you know more aggressively motivated to settle than you know go to trial? I think there's been some of that. I think it's kind of been on both ends. A lot of people were theorizing early in COVID that the insurance companies would want to use this as an opportunity to try and settle as many cases as they could. I haven't seen so much of that. I've seen a lot of trying to lowball settle cases, but, um, but I, I know some firms are, are, have had fire sales and have settled a ton of cases. You know, we've been kind of wanting to wait it out. Yeah. We want to get full value. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that, you know, that just takes time. I, I mean, a lot of personal injury cases, it seems like clients need to know that that's, you know, you've got to be in it for the long haul in a lot of those circumstances, right? Yeah. And, and 
and most of them justice uh, takes time <laughs> yeah yeah they're patient people that's for sure so um you know everybody i think i think everybody in the world woke up uh in the middle of march and suddenly had to figure out how to use uh zoom or webex webex or google meet who you know these kinds of video conferencing tools uh was that technology that you were already familiar with that you were using or you know was this stuff that was all new for, for you as well all new for me man i was a total handshake and in-person kind of guy yeah um, yeah that, so that i you know transitioning over to zoom was not easy um especially when i think as trial lawyers we we tend to believe that the the human connection that we make you know even with defense witnesses sometimes can really count for a lot. And you, if we feel like we lose so much of that over zoom, but zoom may be the future. So I, you know, I, I have to say that I'm just going to keep learning how to use it and try to get better at it. Um, Cause it's still a, a, a way to communicate a message. Yeah. I, uh, I think another thing that's happening to everybody is we're, having to learn new ways to communicate, you know, emotion, attitude, uh, tone. Uh, it's a little bit hard, uh, you know, when you're not in the same room with somebody to, uh, to really convey those things. And I think we're all having to learn how to do that uh, with remote technology. A lot of us for the first time. I mean, would you agree? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, heck, they're even talking about potentially doing trials this way. So, yeah, I, I do you see that really happening? I guess what I would say is I'll see what other people do and uh and then I'll kind of make up my yeah. mind. I, I you know, it's not something I want to jump into. I every time I think about a Zoom trial, I just think about that juror who's like half asleep, you know, sitting there in front of their iPhone, um, you know, not caring at all about your case. Right. It's I mean it, I don't it, know if that's true, but well, I mean, you'd have to worry about it. I mean, a lot of people don't want to do jury duty to begin with. And, you know, I mean, a judge can instruct jurors to pay attention and all that, but it's a little bit hard for them to monitor it with, you know, everybody sitting in their living room in their pajamas or, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, it's interesting. I was uh, interviewing a, another attorney for this uh, podcast series we're doing last week, and um he said he'd heard about some proposals for doing uh, trials via, you know, video conferencing software and that he hadn't heard that there were a whole lot of takers. Um, but we got into a discussion about some of the ways that, uh, that zoom and, you know, similar, similar tools have actually turned out, you know, it's turned out that they've eliminated some inefficiencies in the court system, like pretrial hearings and things like that, that you might have to drive an hour to just to check in for five minutes and then, you know, you've wasted all that time when you really could have done it via, you know, a video conference. The only thing I have to say on that is, why did we have to wait for COVID for that? <laughs> <laughs> right. This is something we should have been doing years ago. Right. Uh, that That's an inefficiency that I hope sticks around when, when all yeah. of this is over. Um, well, even like mediations by Zoom are fantastic. That's another area of my practice that should have gone Zoom a long time ago. Um, it's, I've really enjoyed them. They're much more efficient than the in-person mediations. Um, so I, I, I think even after COVID's over, I'm probably still going to request Zoom mediations. It's, 
much better. Is you, is it just easier to schedule than trying to get everybody in the same room or coming to the same office or, you know, what is it that you like? Yeah. I mean, you know, especially logistically, if you've got a client who's in Northern California and for whatever reason, we're going to mediate it down here in Southern California, you've got those types of logistics. And then also, you know, there's so much downtime in a mediation that it's one thing to have downtime when you when you're just on the Zoom and you can kind of go off and do other things versus where you have to physically be somewhere else where you may not have all your networks and all the other things to do your work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to me, I, I just think it's it's so efficient. Did you, you did you find it? Did you find any new uses for uh, for remote technologies like that? Your personal life, home life during COVID or. Uh... You try to stay pretty analog as much as possible. <laughs> well, here's, you know, so my, my wife and I, um, we, we brought a, uh, we, we had a, our daughter become part of our family during COVID. So we, we were uh, matched with, a, uh, with our foster daughter two years ago. And okay. then um, we were supposed to have our, an adoption uh, hearing uh, that was supposed to be scheduled uh, I was supposed to be scheduled pre-COVID, but it didn't happen. And then once COVID hit, we were really afraid that we were never going to be able to have the adoption hearing. And the, the catch was our daughter was turning 18. So she came oh. to live with us when she was 16. And we wanted to adopt her before she became an adult. And we thought that was off the table once COVID hit because there were no hearings. They were not doing any of that stuff. And sure you enough, you would have been robbed of that. Oh, my God. We would have been really crushed. But luckily, um, they set up a remote hearing um, and basically had some strings pulled and they set up a remote hearing. And we were able to go forward with the adoption hearing uh, oh, wow. by Zoom uh, ah. in May of last year. So that was that was the one time that we got to use it for something I never thought of and was really excited about it. That's cool. Yeah, that <laughs> it's it's uh, it's weird how it, it's weird how things can transpire like that. Um, there have been people I know, I know my mother's elderly and, uh, uh, you know, I thought for sure she would never do, um, uh, you know, a, a Skype chat or a, you know, or a zoom call or a Google meet call or, uh, or a FaceTime, you know, that just wasn't something that, uh, I was going to pull my teeth out to, to teach her how to do, <laughs> Uh, but because of, you know, because of COVID-19, she, we really, she has a couple of, uh, existing conditions that, that would make her a high risk for an acute case if she got infected. So my sister, brother, and I have encouraged her to be isolated at home as much as possible over the past year, but that's been really hard for her. So, uh, we did end up getting her a, a video conferencing set up, set up on her, uh, TV in her living room where she could, uh, video chat with the her grandkids and all of that kind of stuff. So it's, um, uh, it, it, there's people that you never thought would end up using it or how they would end up using it. It's actually, it's turned out to be a, a pretty cool thing, but um, yeah, nothing really replaces I, it being in the same room with somebody. That's for sure. But it's good when it, you know, something like that can happen where you can make, get that adoption to go through. That's something I would not have even thought about when you have a ticking clock like that, you know, uh, where, the uh the pandemic can just rob you of that time that's yeah, incredible absolutely well you know i mean i, I we want to get to know more about you and I, I i uh uh you know think we'll probably come up with some other questions about you know just other you know other parts of your life or other things that you um 
that you like to be involved with. But let me ask you, uh, because you are a customer of our company and you've used our remote focus group uh, product, um, can you tell us anything about how you used it and what kind of feedback you got? I mean, this is another kind of remote technology, and it's one that we feel like is uh, going to be pretty important just going forward and delivering solutions like this. You know, the timing of me um, uh, finding out about Yale Insights could not have been better. I mean, right in the middle of COVID, having a way that I could test out um, important pieces of information about my case, whether it's getting reaction, um, you know, about the kind of injuries, uh, but really about valuing, but what kind of value to put on the case. Because as attorneys, you know, we're so immersed in all the information uh, of our case that we're, we kind of think that we know it all. And it's the curse of knowledge or whatever they call it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's basically we don't think out, we don't think there's any other perspective. And I think that that can really be dangerous. So I, this gave us an opportunity to test out our case, uh, you know, get feedback in a way that you can't get feedback even in a real conversation with someone as far as, you know, I, I even if they do things with their face, I can't tell what that translates to in, as far as emotions every time as quickly as the software can. So I, it just, it's allowed me to basically without having to congregate tons of people to get feedback from, you know, diverse, you know, people about my case and, and especially what they think the injuries that my clients have sustained are, are worth as far as compensation. That's got to um, give love, you, that's got to give you some reasonable expectations going into a mediation or some, you know, some kind of settlement discussions, I would imagine. Yeah, it's helped. It helps in, in valuing a case that way. It also, I've used it to try and figure out if we want to uh, present our uh, our medical expenses as far as damages or if we want to oh, just really? make it a pain and suffering case. That's actually, it's been really helpful in, in that sense as well. Um, I, and I just love the, the fact that it's not just the facial recognition software, which I think is, is really great because it kind of gives you a, an honest response, more honest than the people may even be willing to tell you in person. Uh, but also the follow-up questions that we're allowed to give them and get their feedback on that. Um, and I, that's granted a little more subjective, but I love the objective subjective component of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, uh, uh, what attorney wouldn't want to pull the jury before the verdict, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's basically what it allows us to do. You know, I mean, not the exact jury we're going to have, but you get enough of a sample size that I, it's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Would well, you, I mean, you, you see yourself using it going forward as we move into a post COVID world. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I will probably, as we go into a post COVID world, start implementing um, more in-person focus groups too, but I will probably use this uh, to try and formulate and kind of refine what I want to do in those focus groups. So it'll save me a lot of time before I even get to them. Um, and obviously, this is a much more affordable tool than most in-person focus groups are because theirs are really expensive. Yeah, and that limits the number of cases for in the kinds of cases that you can probably use them for as well. Plus the number of hours you have to put into an, an in-person focus group. I mean, it's so much work. And that's what's so great about 
about Yale Insights is, you know, I, I obviously know my case. I, I, I put together a short summary video. I, I, I send over the documents I have, and, and they put together a really high-quality visual presentation of my case that I don't have to be, you know, I, I basically review it after they do it, but they're not having me, like, do all the work. They run with it. They bring, you know, give me back a, a really high-quality video presentation, and then uh, they send it out, and within a week or so, we get the results. Nice, and you found and you found them useful, so that that, that that's fantastic. I made a very big decision about how, what I'm going to do in one of my trial a trial that was supposed to start a week from today, which just got kicked to June. Uh, <laughs> but I, I made a I made a big decision about what I want to do in that case based on what I got from the Yale Insight Survey. Okay, wow. Just in terms of your how you present your arguments, how I'm going to present my damages. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Fantastic. Well, we'll have to. We'll have to remember to circle back with you then, perhaps uh, in late June, and see how that went. Uh, Absolutely. God for you know, God forbid it gets uh, it gets uh, delayed even further. Hopefully, by the middle of the year, we'll start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Just out of curiosity, I, I, I really appreciate your time, and I don't want to take up too much of it. We'll let you go soon, but just out of curiosity, do you? Uh, what's your sense about uh, what? the uh you know the what the uh, delayed trial situation has been in the los angeles area with COVID compared to other parts of the country well i, I, I mean in terms of what it's doing to a backlog i mean it's I, I i know that there are still no cases being sent out for jury trials there have been some bench trials i think but i think los angeles county is if it's not the largest court system in the country it's it's up there and yeah, yeah, I would imagine you're going to have I mean, you're basically going to have a year plus of trials, uh, some of which were already being pushed to the very you know limits of how long it had been since they were filed. You're going to have a lot of they're going to have to figure out a way to do a lot more trials. And I don't know if that'll be bringing in magistrates to act as judges, uh, but there's a massive backlog. Yeah, I, I know you're not. A, I'm no I just made I just this what you just said made me think of this and I know you're not a criminal defense attorney, but now I kind of wonder what, you know, what that does to your right to due process. If you've got to sit around and wait for, if you're ready for trial and you want a trial right away and you've got to wait for it for a year and a half or two years, because there's such a backlog, I wonder what that ends up doing. If they end up, you know, yeah, I don't know what they do with dropping criminal charges because they just can't get to them or what? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, with speedy trial rights, um, I don't know how they deal with that. I think, you know, from what I understand, the whole system is set up to get back to the criminal trials first. Hmm. Um, they they because they have a constitutional right. So that just further I mean, makes things complicated because those criminal trials will have priority and you got to get all of those done. So yeah. I don't envy the judges that are having to make these decisions. Yeah, I mean, I imagine there's some judges that do normally oversee civil cases. If they get roped into having to uh, do criminal work, they might not enjoy that either. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 a strange time. Well, I know we end up we end up talking a lot about it. Of course, we're a company that that has developed a tool, you know, that's uh, for uh, remote technology, and it, it seems like it's become extremely prescient uh, in this past year. Um, but 
the impact of this of this pandemic just seems to have, you know reached its fingers into every little corner of every profession and in weird in weird ways like you know with the, with an adoption scenario and uh, things like that that the people probably don't even think about all the time. Well, I you know uh, do you have anything else you want to uh, you you want to tell us about? Is there anything else you're involved in or that you enjoy doing that you want to uh, tell uh, some of our audience members? Is there any other uh, legal work that you do uh, outside of personal injury or? Uh, no, you know, I used to be more of a jack of all trades, but I, I found my home and the, the one area of law that is a true passion. So this is, uh, this is about all I do, uh, other than being a, a husband and a dad and, and other, I, you know, I watch a lot of soccer. I'm a massive, massive soccer fan. Oh yeah. But uh, I uh, played and coached for years. Uh, now I just get up early on Saturday mornings. ML, so you, are you an MLS fan or a Premier League guy or? Liverpool in the Premier League, Portland okay. Timbers in Major League Soccer. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, Delaney. Well, I, I appreciate you giving us a little bit of your time and some of your uh, insights and uh, some of your feedback on our, our remote uh, focus group products as well. Uh, and maybe we will cir circle back with you in June and see how that trial went, if you don't mind. That'd be great. It should be done uh, right after 4th of July. All right. Well, thanks again. All right. Thanks, Scott. Have a great weekend. You too.